as REM says, everybody hurts, right? That's right. <laughs> Best thing to do is wallow in it. That's what I think. Just Thank wallow you. in the sadness. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Happy Valentine's Day, and welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Cupid. <laughs> I'm Dolan. <laughs> I, I was going to go with like some sort of broken hearts or something like that, but yeah. you know what? It's Valentine's Day, and we all either you either feel really, really strongly like you really enjoy it, or you really, really st- feel strongly that you don't enjoy it. Yeah, and, there's pretty much the only two choices, right? And I, I have with the addition now of, I mean, before Valentine's Day was was not great for me. But uh, my wife and I have been together for 15 years now. And so it's one that we, we like to celebrate together. And it's nice. And it kind of it helps us understand a lot like a lot of couples. Like, why do we really love each other? And you know, what is that? And so the theme behind our beers this week on the episode would be, what would we drink with our spouse and or significant other, all spouses, right? I mean, we're all married. Sure. If, if, if we, uh, it, it, on, the, on that night. And so we each have brought a different beverage that we would uh we would drink with our spouses so i think brian was pouring his first and it looked like a stout so let's it is let's start with yours okay so this uh disclaimer while we're recording this or when we're recording this uh my wife is almost nine months pregnant so by the time this comes out she should have had this baby girl and maybe we will get to drink this together but if not I will power through this bomber all by myself. <laughs> this is the Zipline Double Chocolate Orange Stout. I thought, what? It goes better with Valentine's than chocolate. Mm. Uh, Zipline is a local Nebraska brewery that I don't believe we've featured on the episodes at no. all. No. Um, and yeah, I just I got sucked in with the chocolate. So um, I have a little bit of research I want to get into real quickly. Um, there are four locations in Nebraska, two in Lincoln. So they have the brewery, which has a tap room, which is down, um, in like Southern Lincoln on the West side. Um, then there is a, what they call the beer hall, which is on the West side of, of Lincoln. No, East side, sorry, East, uh, Southeast side. And that's more like a, like a, you'd see one in Germany, like a beer hall with like long picnic tables. So you're sitting with a bunch of, well, you would have been before COVID sat with a bunch of other people. Um, They've got probably at least 12 beers on tap. Um, They're next to a couple other breweries. So it's kind of a fun little area in town. Um, They have to go, they have crawlers. um, You can do flights. They have all sorts of good stuff there. Uh, There's an Omaha tap room, which is down next to one of Dolan's favorite venues downtown in Lincoln or in Omaha. I mean, uh, when you go to a concert there, which I haven't been to in a year, but when you used to be able to go there, uh, if you had tickets to the show, you show your tickets to the place and you get it like 20% off on your beers at Zipline. If you're going to go to the concert next door, uh, they share a wall with the venue. So that was fun. And now I think there's one out by you, Rich, 
They call it the Zipline Beer Lounge. I have yet to be there, uh, but from what I saw, uh, some pictures I think you sent me, it looked mm -hmm. like a fun little spot. It looked like a living room, basically. Very much, and they have a nice little patio with the, that they have since covered with like a nice pergola on the outside. And so even during this, you could sit out on the uh, on a little patio if it was nice enough, obviously. And yeah, enjoy some beers out there. So the two co, I guess, creators, owners, brewers, people who started this company, uh, their names are Tom Wilmoth and Marcus Powers. And one of my very good friends is friends with them. So I, I texted him in the text chain Saturday and I said, hey, give me some trivia information on these guys. I can get some stuff off the internet. Yeah, that's fun. Give me something that I'm probably not going to find on the internet. And he's like, oh yeah, here you go. I got this. So this is from my friend, Mike. These two guys um, met as water and natural resource attorneys defending Nebraska and their water rights claims and like the litigation that was happening with Kansas and Missouri. So these guys were water rights attorneys. That's how they met. That sounds boring to me, but hey, teach their own. Not everything can be law and order SVU. Um, Tom Wilmoth has actually made it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. He has argued in front of the United States Supreme Court. For real? Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Not everybody gets to do that. Wow. And then this was probably the most important fact, and, and this is something that my friend Mike um, underlined in the text message. Um, the first run of Zipline beers were taste tested by the best softball team to ever grace the fields of Lincoln Parks and Rec D League, <laughs> the Zipline Mashers. So not only is it a softball baseball reference, it's also like, you know, the mash ton. And uh, their logo was two, you know, like hop oars that like you stir with. And an X, and then they had hops on them, and that was their Zipline Mashers softball league like over 10 years ago. Um, these guys are into, you know, we were talking a few episodes back about charity and things like that. Um, they would do, I, I don't know if they still have done it, but in, in times past, I've been there before, they would do like backyard parties, and they would bring stuff that wasn't at Zipline yet. Maybe it was brand new beers. Maybe it was just home brews that, they weren't going to make a zip line, but you gave them money and that money went to charity and they would have it like basically keg parties to raise funds for charities in town and uh, try new stuff, maybe stuff that they were going to maybe see if they could upscale it and sell it a zip line. Um, but that's the kind of guys that these guys are. So they're looking um, to give back to the community, philanthropic in nature. And they really are about like just clean styles and beer flavors they're not having milkshake ipas they're not doing a lot of pastry stout stuff they're like kolsch's and oatmeal porters and that sort of thing right but they do have a couple they have some hazy ipas and things like that i did write down um they have an oatmeal porter that sells really well they have a nut brown that you know it's between a porter and i get well i guess it's like the baseline of dark beer if you think of a dark beer you can get to Browns, then to Porters, then to Stouts. Um, of course, probably their most popular and biggest selling beer is called Copper Alt, which won a gold medal, I think it was, at the Great Imagine Beer Festival in, in Denver. And uh, they've been around, oh, probably almost 10 years, I'd say, now. So one yeah. of the bigger brewery entities here in Nebraska. Let's say you're driving through Nebraska. If you're not familiar with Nebraska and you're driving through and you stop to eat, 
at a brew pub or pizza place or something like that, you, you will find one of their beers more often than maybe any other Nebraska beer. And there's yeah. a couple very good ones like that I think you would find in a number of places. You will find Copper Alt from Zipline virtually everywhere. And it is a great go-to beer. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's very reminiscent of uh, the New Belgium beer. What's the Fat flagship? Tire? Yeah, it's very reminiscent of that style of beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to say Copper Alt is, is one of those beers that I'll bring to a hangout with people that aren't really into craft beer, and they'll, they'll drink it just as much as I will. So. I, don't, I don't want to, to diminish what Fat Tire did for, for beer culture and craft beer or whatever. I've actually heard it referred to, and I have referred to Copper Alt as better Fat Tire. Hmm. So, yeah, and, and that's and that's by no means diminishing fat tire whatsoever. It sure. really is. It is a it is a very very good beer, really well balanced and very drinkable. And that's kind of that's kind of what they focus on. They do have a hazy IPA um, that's a standard like year round thing, and then they do like I think it's an imperial version. It's called Dang. Yep. So if you ever can get your hands on that, that one's really nice. Um, and they're just they do barley wines. They do rum barrel stouts. They do. Um, they have one that came out this year that was just a barrel aged bourbon stout. They call the stout. Um, they're always doing something fun. They have seasonals, uh, but their main, I'd say their main money makers are those more traditional styles that are approachable to, you know, like a mass audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, they do have a very, it, almost like you've referred to pint nine before pint nine has a, a very traditional kind of style to them where they do more of the traditional style beers and zipline is very much that too. In a, in a town Lincoln, Nebraska that has a couple of breweries that step out of the norm every single chance they get. Yeah. Boiler coming to mind is one of them. Now, one of the things I like about zipline and especially the one down to downtown in Omaha, um, they have, some sours there, but they're like natural sours. They're not kettle sours. They're, you know, funked on purpose in barrels and they sit there for quite a while. And there's a lot of bread of mice and that sort of thing happening. And, and uh, monthly, usually there's a different one of their series. Um, I had one, man, it's probably la- the last time I went to a concert and it was like mint and uh, had a little bit of lemon. And there was another, maybe it was like white peppercorns, maybe it's like a Saison that was sour. It was super good. So they're doing that sort of weird experimental stuff too, but in very small batches. So I, I was lucky enough to meet one of them. And I honestly, it's been so long. I couldn't remember. I can't remember who, but it was, it was another one of those situations where I was with Scott strain and Scott knows everybody. Mm-hmm. We were sitting out on the patio. This was before. So major league baseball played a game before the college world series here two years ago, the Detroit Tigers played the Kansas city Royals. And we went to this game and sat, we were sitting outside a zip line when Scott came down. And so then I got to meet, of course, you know, owner guy comes out, normal dude, porn beers, like with, with the rest of his bartending staff yeah. or whatever. It was, it was awesome. I'm like, that's the guy. And Scott's like, yeah, that's the guy. That's, that, that's who he is. And there you go. Yep. That's, that sounds exactly right from what I know. Um, I want to do one more little bit of research on my end for you, and then I'll let you guys get to your side. Yeah. Um, but I did just a cursory stuff on oranges because we've never touched oranges yet. Mm. I don't think we've had an orange beer. Um, so I just wanted to do this little bit of stuff. 
there are two types basically of oranges. There's something called sweet oranges and there are citrus oranges. So sweet oranges are the ones, basically they're grown for orange juice, right? And the citrus ones are the ones we eat. So think navel oranges, because those are a little bit more bitter and the skin is thicker, so it's easier to peel them. Uh, and those are the ones that people usually eat. So you eat the citrus and you usually juice the sweet. The sweet ones just are more juicy and that's why it works that way. Um, an orange is a hybrid of something called a palmello and a mandarin. So that's what came together to make oranges, which was around maybe the early 1400s, we think. Um, Christopher Columbus brought them not on 1492 voyage, but the 1493 one, the second one, you know, part two, he brought some oranges and planted them where he landed. Um, they were used to be grown in Hawaii until 1900s when there was a big fruit fly epidemic, kind of wiped out the whole population of oranges, but they used to be grown in Hawaii quite a bit. 70% of all the oranges grown are for the sweet variety. So sauces and juices and liquids. Um, in 2017, 73 million tons were grown. Majority of all oranges in the world are grown in Brazil and then in China and then in India. I think the United States was like sixth or seventh on the list, which is weird because we see a lot of commercials on TV for like Florida oranges and orange juice and it's a traded commodity on the stock market. But really we're, you know, in the, in the top 10 in the world, but not in the top two or three or whatever, which we kind of think we seem to be for yeah. most things. Um, some other places that grow them, South Africa, Brazil, Pakistan, Iran, Texas has some even, um, Florida and Mexico, obviously. And that's just the ones that are mostly for juice. And then the naval ones, we see a lot of those in uh, Florida. And a lot of those were brought by um, uh, immigrants, I guess you would say. When they moved to the United States, they went down south and started cross-pollinating and doing their things. There's hundreds and hundreds of different types of oranges in these two group between sweet and citrus, um, but they've been around for a long time. And the first navel orange that they could trace in history was in the 1820s in Brazil. So somebody cross-pollinated something, made the navel, people started eating them and it's been that way ever since. So if you've ever sang at a church Christmas program uh, in the 1980s, you probably got a navel orange in a paper bag after the show with some junk candy. Uh, that, at least that was my experience. And uh, they're really good if you cut a navel orange and throw it in some apple cider in a crock pot with some cinnamon sticks mm. and then pour some whiskey in there. Very good. Mm. There you go. That's my orange research. Pakistan. Pakistan, Iran, and uh, Texas. That's interesting. Super interesting. So, and maybe this is just, okay, so this is, so the, just like sheltered American in me, right? Like, uh -huh. Okay, it's got to be, it's got to be the climate of Florida, right? To, to grow, and yes. that's maybe not necessarily the case. Well, it has to be anywhere, usually between 40 degrees and 85. That's the, the range that they do the best in. Okay. It gets colder than that. Like whenever they say it snows in Florida, like it's bad news because that kills the crop. Uh, but as long as it's in that general range, these things will do fine. Uh, France actually was pretty good in them. And uh, what King uh, Louis XIV, he uh, loved oranges and had like over a thousand of these 
planted, he would plant them in like big metal buckets so he can move them inside and protect them hmm. and then moved them back out in the spring. And uh, like his minister of finance or something was allegedly stealing money from the crown and he had the guy killed. And when they went to his, his uh, like big palace place, he had stolen a bunch of orange trees. So like that's the commodity that they were back in the day. It was worth enough that he stole them from the king. Wow. Wow. All right. Dolan, what you got? Well, we're going to go to Austria. Oh. We got some, some oh, Stiegel. Stiegel Radler. Um, for, for anybody who knows my wife, uh, she does not drink much. She doesn't like alcohol. She doesn't really like beer flavor at all. <laughs> um, when we first moved in together at 18, um, I would get my beer from my, my pals who were old enough and whatever. We won't talk about details, but That's right. uh, um, yeah, from that day on, she, the first time I brought beer into our house, she tried it, hated it, hated anything that had slight alcohol t- taste to it. Um, until about, I'd say maybe a year or two ago, around the time we were turning 21 and it became more frequent. (laughs) Um, We went to Benson, which is a really cool hangout spot here in Omaha um, for New Year's. And we had a friend with us and she was like, you know, I don't know what to drink. We were at uh, Beer Cave is where we're at, um, which is a uh, arcade beer place in one beer cade. so our friend that was with us was from Minnesota. Um, Minnesota has nothing to do with this beer, but that first month, I totally thought it did. <laughs> uh, she was like, you know, you don't like drinking, but, but try this beer. And it was the grapefruit version. The one that I have is the yeah. raspberry version. And actually, we both prefer the grapefruit version. This is this is just what I had left over from, from what we last got. Um, and she tried it and I'm pretty sure she had a few too many that night, New Year's. Um, so ever since then, that's been her go-to every time we have a get together, backyard party, barbecue, we bring her, her Steagles and I'll bring whatever I feel that day. Um, so for me, I'll drink anything. I have yet to not finish a beer there you um, go so <laughs> i i uh i'll drink it with her and so it's kind of our go-to if we need to drink together same thing uh, i know okay i'll just sacrifice anything that i want and i'll just buy a thing of steagles and we'll both be happy and we'll go on so that's what i brought today um and it's a rattler right yep rattler and i don't believe we've had any steagle no stuff there we've never done a rattler which is maybe we can do maybe another one in the summertime maybe we can do that grapefruit one because that one's legit Mm -hmm. but basically a rattler has to be a certain percentage of like juice or lemonade for it to be considered a rattler so yeah that's something that we can we can dig into maybe a little bit later on but that's a great beer yeah and i'm pretty sure that's why she likes it too is because it there is like no beer alcohol flavor to it I wouldn't say none, but virtually. also they're like four percent, right? They're pretty. Yeah, low. Um, we're sitting at 
Let's see. I don't see it on the can anywhere here. I'd be surprised. I mean, it's free. I just looked it up here. Two percent. Yeah. Two percent. Wow. Two percent. That's so. That's you got to drink a lot of that in order to get hammered. I guess if if you haven't been drinking a lot and you, maybe you didn't eat, then okay. yeah, that's gonna sneak up on you. I bet. Oh, or yeah. maybe if if Dolan had a bunch of beers and just close talk to her, that she'd probably get more than two percent that way. <laughs> yeah, probably. But but the thing yep. is, I, I've said before on the show that I absolutely hate raspberries. But yeah. for some reason, I don't hate this beer, and I don't hate raspberry teas. So hmm. those things just happen to happen to work pretty well for me. And hmm. as far as I know, I'm Stiegel, um, the little bit of research I did on Stiegel, they have been around a very long time in Austria. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they're the biggest um, craft brewery or private brewery in Austria. And yeah. they've probably been there for over 500 years. Um, it's an, it's an older brewery. Uh, but let me let me pull up their website because I'm pretty sure that's where I got everything from. I think and that's this is one that we definitely should because Stiegel, you're right, has been around for a very long time, and this is one that I think we could you could almost take that grapefruit one and do a real deep dive into it and and yeah. really get in because I bet the history there in Austria is unbelievable when it comes to this brewery and how they came upon not only this, but then the recipe and how long they've been doing it. Yeah, uh, right here on their website, it says, we're a private brewery with centuries of tradition, sustainability, regionalism, adding local value, and above all, the quality of our beers and services have been our top priorities for 525 years. <laughs> <laughs> like breweries here are old at 30 years. Right. Yeah, yeah. 525 years. However, this quality is only possible because we use nothing but the best locally sourced ingredients. So that means the grapefruits and breath and raspberries must come from Austria there. I guess. And it says the brewery success is inseparably linked with the name Keener, K-I-E-N-E-R. The, the Keener family have owned the brewery for more than 120 years. Dr. Heinrich Dieter Keener III has managed the ent enterprise's fortune since the end of 1990. During this time, Stiegel grew from a small regional brewery to become Austria's largest and most successful private brewery ever. As an independent, independent entrepreneur, Heinrich Dieter Keener adopts responsibility by supporting a healthy regional economic structure with more than 700 secure jobs throughout Austria. Making use of locally sourced ingredients and treating natural resources with respect is our highest priority. Our sincere appreciation of our esteemed customers, suppliers, and employees is at the forefront of everything we do. So <laughs> since 1990, he was able to grow it pretty big. Yeah. To, to, I mean, especially to just show up at like virtually every store that I walk into. I mean- And those are the only beers that I've seen from them. Are the Rattlers. Are the Rattlers. Must, yeah. They must make other stuff, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, they've got a whole a whole list of beers here. Uh, and they make a lot. They've got Stiegel Gold Brows. Uh, Stiegel Hell, which is probably like, like, like a Hell's Lager. Yeah. yeah. Like a lager. Uh, Stiegel Columbus Pale Ale. 
And they make beers, pilsners, gluten-free beers. That's pretty interesting. Stiegel Paracelsus gluten-fry, gluten-free. <laughs> um, lemon, naturally cloudy. They've got the grapefruit, the raspberry. They've got a, a Weiss, um, a Bach, and a golden, another, some more golden nails. Hmm. I, I can't help but think that, like, as as craft beer here has exploded in the United States, that even though they have been around for 500 years, it was a very easy point of entry for them with the Grapefruit Rattler, that that isn't too different than craft, that what you're picking up at the store right now. Yeah. yeah. I only yeah. can think of one craft brewery that makes Rattlers, and that's Boulevard. Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, like it's not a common style yet. Yeah. And Which they're is so easy to drink the, the Rattlers. Um, I mean, I think it's very easy for her, for my wife, especially, it was easy for her to then expand into sours and, and stouts after that. And just try to try to open her mind to it a little bit more. Dolan, do you know, is it the, I, I would assume, and I'm not sure, but is it the, the base beer that they're using? Because a Rattler is beer plus juice of some sort, right? Or beer plus lemonade or beer plus whatever. I would assume the base beer that they're using for this is probably their Hellas lager. It doesn't really say. I wonder because you can't cut alcohol you know what i mean so like yeah. the hellas lager is probably four and a half let's say generously and this is two so i don't i don't know how you make something two percent if you okay so i just i i actually just had this conversation with bobby and scott from cross strain too not, not too long ago when they did their most recent koala tears sour with kiwi and and uh watermelon mm-hmm and if you add the juice after the fermentation process before you serve it, so the juice doesn't end up going through the fermentation process, it's yeah. almost like a mixed drink sort of thing. It's like, okay, okay, beer, juice, and there you go. Yeah. So that because of that, because the juice cuts the amount of actual beer that you get. Volume, it yeah. It cuts the alcohol, the ABV down. Hmm. So it's actually the Stiegel Gold Brow is what they blend with the juice to make to make the Rattler. Interesting. Um, yeah, so they use the Stiegel Gold Brow, and then they mix it. So they have the lemon one, which is lemonade, and then they have the grapefruit juice, and then and the raspberry. Um, but they have a lot of beers. I mean, they have a tab for classic beers, and there's three, six, nine, twelve. 13, 14 there. Then they have a tab for their, their craft beers. And each one of those tabs has four to six beers. And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, eight tabs. So oh, eight tabs, four, that's 24 beers plus the 13 classic beers. I mean, and then that, I guess they're partnered with a place called Wild Shutter, mm-hmm. um, which is another company. And they make some stuff called it's it's like a malt it their beer like a malt yeah. beverage like malt beverages yeah yeah so like like mike's hard lemonade that's a malt beverage something like Here, that 
Yeah. And then they have vintage beers and they've got three of those. And it reminds me, the bottles remind me of that grand crew that you brought on mm. a previous episode. Yeah. Super fancy. They've got the, the label over the lid and um, yeah. So they've got, they've got a lot of stuff going on here in, in Salzburger, Austria. Salzburger, Austria. Yeah. There's, so there's a, um, uh, uh, every every town has like festivals every summer, right? I guess in the before times we had like like church festivals and stuff, right? And there's a there's a South Omaha uh, church that has a very Polish population, so it's a very and so they have a Polish church festival every year, which is a lot of fun with games and like you can there's a meat raffle and you know the games for kids and stuff. They serve two different kinds of beers, and it's it's a Polish beer, Spicek. I think that's right. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. And then there's a lemon Rattler that's made somewhere in Poland that is delicious. Huh. Very similar to this. Like it. Yeah. I, I every year I would look forward. We did obviously didn't get to go last year, but every year I look forward to this because man, that it's it's top notch. It's really really good, and they sell a ton of it. I bet if it's in the summer, it's hot. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. have to take a, a shot of a shufka when you walk in? <laughs> of course. That's it's Polish, right? I mean yeah. that's yeah. Sam's family is is Polish. So every wedding we go to, including ours, I'm pretty sure including ours, we had blackberry brandy at the door for everybody to take a shot of. I recall having a shot of something at your wedding, and I maybe that's what it was. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> right at the door, you walk in and Mm-hmm. One of the uncles are sitting there with probably five or six bottles of that blackberry brandy, a shufka or whatever. And mm. yeah, straight cough syrup. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So mine very, very much like Dolan's wife, right? Does not drink beer. Doesn't back in college. She drank Keystone light. We've had a few like '80s parties, like like um, like Halloween parties, where we actually bought Keystone Light, and she's like, "Oh, this is gross. I don't know how I ever drank this." <laughs> Quite honestly, it just tastes like water to me at this point. So <laughs> her uh, her thing is when we go out, we go to a you know a tap room or something like that. She gets the cider, whatever cider they have, and so I chose Cider Boys, and this is their it's called Strawberry Magic. Who doesn't want a little magic on Valentine's Day, right? That's right. Especially after 15 years. Right. So you got, you got to do what you got to do. And strawberry magic might just get you there. And this is what's fun about, about beer journey and, and, and talking through some of this stuff. So as much as Dolan has the Rattler that's been around for 500 years, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to, where did cider boys come from? Where, Cause this is something fairly new. I know where some of the ciders came from. I, I know where, where, um, Angry Orchard came from. I know uh, Woodchuck and, you know, mm-hmm. like those types of things. Where did Cider Boys come from? So as I started digging in, Cider, Cider Boys was founded. Okay, the brewery that produces Cider Boys right now was founded in 1857. Dang. Right? I, I'm like, okay. Who this is, is it? Stevens Point Brewery in Wisconsin? Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Founded by Frank Wall, W-A-H-L-E, and George Ruder, R-U-D-E-R, George Ruder. Uh, this brewery is so old, they provided beers to troops in the Civil War. 
Dang. <laughs> that it's that's, on their website. Like, that's pretty cool. That's super cool. Um, prohibition didn't stop them. They just took the alcohol out of it. Well, in or, some cases, right? Cool. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Some cases. <laughs> they started Stevens Stevens Point Brewery started canning their beer in 1950. So they this isn't something new to them. Like they've no. been doing it for a long time. 1942. So take a step back. Eight years before they start canning, a guy named Phil Sabilski. Phil Sabilski started at the brewery probably 11 years before that, just as a guy working at the brewery. 1942, he becomes the general manager and he stays the general manager of this brewery until 1974. Dang. So until the year I was something years. Yeah. Yeah. So he stays the general manager here or whatever. At that point, in 1974, he becomes chairman of the board. So this guy and his family were entrenched with this brewery. 1972, so two years before that, Kenneth Sabilski, who I believe is his son, son yeah. becomes the assistant general manager and then takes over as general manager and works there until 1995. Uh, in 1986, uh, Phil passes away. And Phil takes, and sorry, and Kenneth takes over. 1990, they start distributing outside of Wisconsin for the first time. So this is just a Wisconsin beer until the 90s. Mid, yeah, until the yeah. 1990. So not that long ago. 1992, they're purchased by a Chicago brewery called Barton Beers. Never heard of them. But okay. Barton Beer owned Corona before... Whoever owns Corona. or whatever, yeah. Exactly. So Barton Beers buys them. And they opened 1997, five years later, 15,000 square foot warehouse, which is huge for them at the time. Hmm. 2002, the company is sold back because they're doing so much business. Barton Beers is like, wait a minute. Like this is, it, it, it's almost like this is too much. We got to, we got to <laughs> this off. So they sell it back to two dudes in Wisconsin two real estate developers, Joe Martino and Jim Weichman. So these two Wisconsinites buy back the, the brewery and go back to their Wisconsin roots. Uh, this might be the most interesting out of all of it. 2003, so early, early-ish days of Great American Beer Festival, right? I mean, early Great American Beer Festival started in the early 80s. So this is just as it's, as it's going, not a ton of craft, just yet, but point special lager. So their lager beats Miller Genuine Draft and Budweiser for gold in wow. 2003. You know, that was one of the very first breweries that I remember buying craft beers from when I started drinking craft. I don't know if we still get it in Nebraska, but we did back then. They used to have a sampler pack you could get. I've definitely had that beer before. It, we are still on the list. Nebraska is still on the list for distribution for, yeah. for Stevens Point, yes. Uh, 2012, with the kind of success of Woodchuck and Hardcore, these guys, list they, they launched Cider Boys. And Cider Boys is a completely separate uh, entity outside of Stevens Point, where they, they have their own production facility and stuff. Uh, they, have, they had two flavors. They launched with two flavors, First Press and Strawberry Magic. Mm. So as I was looking, I'm like, okay, I want to go with one of the OGs for these. The OGs. Yeah. 
I want to, I want to taste why. And I'll tell you as ciders go, it's not too sweet. There's nice strawberry flavor. There's nice apple flavor. Like it's, it's really, really nice. What's the ABV on that? 4.5%. So like a Bud Light or something almost. Yeah. 5%. So, uh, 2015 was the most recent up to date, uh, uh, it, it, like revenue totals, I could see, uh, they were doing 1.5 million total at, at in 2000 and, I'm sorry, 2015. I'm so, guessing that's more than that now. Cause those yeah. have kind of taken off. So. Yep. So I thought, okay, as I, I, I want to understand how this is produced. So I looked up like, okay, how is, how is this stuff produced? Like what, how is it brewed? Because there was the, um, uh, there was the one that said like brewed like a beer or whatever, which isn't necessarily true. It's made more like wine. It's fermented okay. apple juice is yeah. basically what it is. So it, it's made like a wine. So if They're you not are boiling wine, it, right? No, no. If you are a wine drinker, this is not a far, this is not a stretch for you at all. Not one bit. So, so that's, that's what I would share with my wife on, on Valentine's Day. Strawberry magic. Yep. That's right. Brian has brought us a bonus beer from one of our favorite Nebraska breweries, Cross Train yep. Brewing Company. When I saw the title of this beer, I knew it was perfect for a Valentine's episode. Absolutely. Dolan's showing it right now. Dunkel, <laughs> Dunkel, break in my heart. That's right. <laughs> I love Which a good is, play on words. It's like, uh, I guess it's a take on that. Elton John song, maybe? Don't go break in my heart. Yep. He did with, uh, in the 70s, he did a version. And then he did one in the 90s. Do you remember that one? Vaguely, yes. With RuPaul. No. Yes. Elton John and RuPaul duet. Oh, <laughs> Don't go break in my heart. But we've got a German Dunkel style here that just came out. And Dunkel is going to be a little bit darker than what a lot of the German beers we're used to. Rich is showing oh, his right there. Yeah. Nice and roasty. So should be malty. Good aroma. Mm. Clean. How's it taste? Pretty good? Yeah, very roasty. Very roasty. Which is, oh. but okay with a really nice, with a really mild finish. It's roasty, but not bitter. Right. Because sometimes yep. those roasty beers have that coffee bitterness to them, and this one does not have that. Mm. Mm, that's really good. It smells roasty. Yeah. It smells like like when you make a coffee and then you forget to clean out your coffee <laughs> and you go back to it probably a couple hours later and you're like, oh man, I didn't throw this out. Mm-hmm. There so it, it is. Like. Yep. But as a so Dunkel is one that maybe I had, I early in my beer journey shied away from because I didn't understand what it was. And now I'll order because I understand what it is. Sure. As a darker beer, like a brown ale, like a nut brown, that type of thing. Kind of, yeah, it's a little bit lighter in body, uh, but the color's there. The aroma's definitely there. Like this is a nose forward beer for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't often see them. Like they're not, not everybody's making these. So uh, when I saw it was coming out and the name, I was like, I knew we needed this one for <laughs> Valentine's Day. Because as Dolan and I were talking off, off mic, you either really like Valentine's Day and it's good for you or you hate it. And like you're alone and you're always alone and you're posting that 
to all your social networks and your memes and whatnot. And uh, so this portion of the show is going to be dedicated to those types of folks. Um, Dunkel, Breaking My Heart, Cross Train, just came out about two, two weeks ago, I guess, in real time. Um, this is, if I'm not mistaken, this is the German flag colors, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So they're not, they're not hiding what this style is supposed to be. Um, I have, on Spotify, curated a list, imagine that, of songs that are all about, they're love songs, but they're broken heart love songs. So they're sad. It's uh, cross genres. There's all sorts of different artists. But as of uh, right now, I have over 40 hours of Cry in Your Beer, Broken Heart songs. So we'll drop the link here. Uh, but there's everybody from Joni Mitchell, Bon Iver, Ray LaMontagne. We've got Beck. He had a real sad album about 10 years ago that's on here. Got Justin Towns Earl, Rolling Stones, David Gray. Remember him? Mm -hmm. Late 90s, he had a couple of big hits. Uh, we got, I even have a Whitney Houston song. Where do broken hearts go? Oh, I was going to go with Unbreak My Heart, but okay. John Lennon, Jason Isbell, Bob Dylan. So some of the heavyweights of music now and then. Uh, I've pulled through all their catalogs. Grab the saddest songs possible, stuck them in a playlist, and I listen to it almost uh, at least twice a week because I love those sad songs. They're my favorite style. As we talked about with Christmas, like if, if there's a sad Christmas song, that's going to be my jam. These are the songs for me all the other days of the year. So the playlist is called Broken Hearts, which ties in with this beer very well, our bonus Valentine's beer. Brian, you're a uh, you're you're an interesting cat in that way. Where yeah, okay, you, you I I I assume I've only I mean I've known you for a few years. Mm -hmm. I I believe this. I believe these things to be true. Sure. I believe you love your wife. Yeah. I believe you have a very you have a strong marriage. I believe yep. you love your son. I yep. believe like in a lot of ways. But you love you love the sad song. You oh, love, I love it. the yeah. breakup song embrace the the heartache I, yeah i i don't know if that's the i get that from my dad maybe like his uh very distinctly i remember and probably about 1986 or so before my parents got divorced but they were on the way he was living in the basement and there was a song that came on it was on family ties actually and uh it became popular again it was an old song from like the late 60s and it got replayed because of being on TV in the eighties and it charted again. So it was on like in Lincoln, it was on KFRX radio station. Uh, but I remember being in the basement with him listening to, if you don't know me by now, you'll never know me. That just has resonated in my heart forever. So apparently I was attached to the sad stuff. Um, I, for the most part, my life is good, but I really find my musical tastes lie with the sad stuff. Uh, maybe because I haven't actually experienced it and I'm just soaking it up from others. Um, maybe it's because I felt like that before, I don't know, but 
my favorite genre is like sad breakupy heartache <laughs> songs like old school country stuff is great for that reason um there's some like a lot of the new indie music that's out there is heartbreaking and sad and that's just what i because i'm a lyrics guy because uh, i can't play any instruments so i tend to listen to the lyrics first and then the music falls in place and i'm guessing that might be different for dolan since he can actually play but um that's that's where i hone in first is the words and if they make me feel a, a certain way then it's something i enjoy and i compiled this list and uh we'll drop it in the in the episode i got a I got a song you, I, i'd like you to add to this list for all me. right okay, i can do so it in real time i uh i i like we've talked about, right? I'm divorced and yeah. been together for 15 years now. Um, but before that, when, when I was going through the divorce, there was a song that particularly spoke to me. Okay. Of kind of just uh, album came out at the time, different. The song was different. You would never guess what this is. I, I don't think in a million years you would guess what this is. Okay. Um, it's off of it's still one of my favorite albums of all time, Corn Untouchables. Okay. Okay. There's a I mean, song on there. Look at Dolan. Look don't at Dolan tell Rick. me because I had this album and I saw them on this tour. Yep. Mm. I, the song, I still listen to it today. It takes me back even though I, one, I, I love my wife. I'm very happy in my marriage. I love right? my children. I'm very happy with the choices that I made through the years yeah get to this point right because it wasn't gonna when when i was married before it just it simply wasn't going to work we got married too young and it just we weren't the same people and you know or whatever like as as some divorces would go but this that song spoke to me as and i would listen to it a lot driving home from work like it just ended up on a cd mix cd yeah yes (laughs) yes so this i mean obviously 2003 right i mean this was a long time ago yeah uh uh, the song is called Alone I Break. A break. Yeah, number track number nine. Oh, man. Takes me back to that time. And it's just, and but that's okay. And it, it, it's okay. Yeah. It, it's just, it, re, it just, it reminds me of what it was then and where I am now. And just like, it's, it, you don't, it, it doesn't always have to be sad. I think music is, as far as I know, the best time machine, right? So you can, sometimes you, you'll have a smell that you associate with something, you know, mm-hmm. breakfast or coffee or whatever. Uh, but a lot of times when you hear a song or the lyric or whatever, it takes you back to an exact time in your life. Yep. And, uh, those are powerful moments and I get, I get what you're saying. And it's, it's also kind of fun to revisit those times and remember and, and see how far you've come. Uh, a lot of the music on this playlist is, is older stuff for me, you know, cause it's grown up like probably like a lot of kids. Uh, I grew up in a house where my parents got divorced. I was young and didn't quite understand why. And uh, they never really got along again after that. So I always had that, you know, um, playing one parent off the other, that sort of stuff. And uh, just it was a fabric of my life until, you know, I was probably in my 20s, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of those songs that were out of that time, I've, you know, ingested them many multiple times. And it's become 
part of who I am. And, and that's what's a lot of this stuff is on this list, but I don't know. A, a lot of people gravitate towards sad music and I, I happen to be one of them. And uh, even if I'm going through, which I usually am really good stuff, I love to listen to the sad stuff. I just, it just grounds me for some reason. And this playlist, uh, which we will again, drop in the link there, um, does that. So it's got all sorts of heartbreak stuff. The most recent, one of the most recent songs I added on here was by a musician named Steve Earle, who uh, is like an alt country guy. And his son died this year of, they called it an accidental overdose, but really he was, a, well, he purchased some, uh, we'll say cocaine that was heavily uh, added with fentanyl, which he didn't know, and died because of a fentanyl overdose. So there's a song about the last time they talked to each other, and it's like kind of word for word their phone conversation before he died. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of music that's on this playlist. So if that scares you off, that's probably a good reason. Don't you don't want to listen to that song? It's called <laughs> Last Words. Uh, but if if you have the stomach for it, then go ahead and, and click play on that. But that's the kind of thing that, uh, I don't know. I just I feel it very authentic and genuine to me. The very first like sad song that I ever attached myself to was, was Creep by Radiohead. Like that was the very first song that I remember just being like, oh, this song is so sad. And I don't know, I was like 11. <laughs> like, I, I could have written this. Ah, connect with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a lot of the grunge music that Rich and I kind of grew up with was yeah. that sort of life's not fair or, or else, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in the world happening that we can't control and they're not great. That sort of stuff. There are a lot of angsty tunes back in the nineties. Yeah. So I, I know that's where it, where it comes from for me, but. I know in high school, the the people that were making the like top charting sad songs were like lord and adele for me <laughs> oh boy you're young <laughs> funny that you know it's funny that he mentions creep because i don't i don't necessarily think that the that the high school the high school that maybe brian and i experienced isn't that different maybe than the high school that dolan had experienced because yeah you know, not being captain of the football team and super popular guy, right? Like I wasn't that guy. And I know no you guys probably weren't either. And so that, that Radiohead song spoke to me in maybe a very similar way later in life that maybe it talked, like it introduced Dolan yeah. to like, wait a minute, you know, like that's, that, that maybe that's, that's what people see. Sure. And what's fun about the world of social media now is, you look back and some of those people had the same interests that you did. You just didn't talk about it in, yeah. you know, you didn't talk about it in the senior hall in judgment hall, like we called it. Right. You didn't talk about that. I've always it's felt all- like maybe up until recently, obviously, but I always thought Facebook was a really good way to restart conversations. Like if you, cause you could kind of keep up with people and know what they were saying or thinking and, if it was somebody that you knew, you might run into them. You can be like, oh, hey, yeah, we have this in common and that in common. Like, I kind of wished that it was a thing when I was in high school because maybe I would have had a friend or two. Uh, but then also, like, very divisive t- at, at the same time and mm-hmm. kind of contradicts that whole thing. But I don't know. I, I try to keep to the funny shit and the music. Yep. Like, that's the thing I like about Facebook is every musician has a page. And they're putting, you know, videos up and live posts and that sort of stuff. 
it's a great way to find new artists and musicians. And uh, I don't know, it just makes my life feel a lot better when I, especially when I hear some of these sad songs, it just makes me feel good. So um, that's what we got. Exactly. Well, so let's, let's, it's going to be very hard for us to do untapped on this one. So I figure I would just go down the list on this and kind of on what we did here and rather than guessing, obviously, because we didn't get to mm -hmm. try each other's beers in this case. So yeah. we'll start with the zip line only because it has the fewest amount of, of entries. Sure. Yeah. Only 62. That's it. That's it. Wow. However, it has the highest rating at 4.16. Yeah. So, if you are looking for this, if you're seeking this out, you liked it and you rated yeah. it very high. I think I will also say for Zipline, they are one of the only breweries in Nebraska that still make bombers. Mm -hmm. And also their bombers are like more than reasonably priced. Like I think I paid $7.99 for this. Oh, wow. Right? For a double chocolate stout with orange. That's so not like, at all. That's right? cheaper than going to get two pints at the brewery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's... uh. That's Valentine's on a budget right there. That's, that, that's well, cheaper that, than uh, what I spent at those Steagles at Beer Cave. <laughs> there you go. My wife is nothing but shrewd, and uh, she would not want me to spend extra money. She does not like any Valentine's gifts, no flowers. Just keep the money. We don't need to spend those things. That's how uh, she thinks. So if I can get a uh, budget beer that's delicious, she'll be all right with that. Oh, all right. Let's move on to Dolan's beer then, the Stiegel, which I went, I went to the grapefruit first. I'm like, no, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the one that you actually did, the the great, the yeah. uh, the raspberry one. So have I checked it in. You you have checked that in. Before. Yeah. yeah. Have I checked? Point, I'm sorry. Three thousand one hundred and forty check-ins. So Ooh, more. Decent. Decent, and we're at a three point six four. So, okay, better than the three five. So yeah. better yeah. than. You know, three five is a fairly average number for me, at least on this. So you're getting anywhere between three five and a four on this one, or three seven five. So about about that. Cider boys, uh, this one since okay, so been around since 2012, which we know Brian has been around on 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 tap since 2012 or before. Quite yeah. Uh, Nineteen thousand check ins. That seems uh, low. It kind of does, but you got to figure the. Uh, the crowd. Right? Yeah, true, true. So you figure the crowd. There's probably I, a lot of people drinking that that don't have untapped. Very possible, yes. Yeah. It's the wives of the craft beer guys. Uh-huh. In my, like in my case, the reason why I brought it. So, but still, 3.83. Yeah. So really, really good. I, I think that's a, that's a, and as ciders go. So before beer, for me, it was ciders and vodkas. Like that was, that was kind of my thing. And I, I think you could rank this right up there with some of the best ones out there. Not as sweet, good flavor. You could drink quite a few of these and not get really bad heartburn. Yeah, there you go. So, and finally, then the Dunkel from Crossrain. Dunkel breaking my heart super early on this one because it only came out a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, 262 check-ins so far. Now that yeah. we all have this, let's guess on this because this is okay. fun. Okay. 262. I'm going to say 3.77. Okay. Dolan? Not, not typical go, at all, obviously. I'm going to go 382. Dolan cheated, and he looked this up because it is Did he get it right? Two. 
Oh. On the money, he finally got one. Good job, Dolan. <laughs> did you look it up? No, I did not. No. <laughs> there you go. Three eight two is the uh, is the rating for the uh, for Dunkel breaking my heart. This is I I wouldn't be sad if I got this in. I wouldn't be sad. That's a pun, obviously. Um, I, if I got this in a flight or I ordered this from a from the brewery. I, this is nice. It's good. It's 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 just it's yeah. malty and delicious and and roasty and it's nice. got it's got good flavor. I'm, I'm guessing the ABV isn't that high. Mm, Five point six. Yeah, you could do a one of those big twenty ounce or maybe even thirty two ounce mugs of this. It would it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt my feelings. And you'd feel real real German. That's for sure. Yes, for sure. There you go. So, all right. Well, happy Valentine's Day to wherever you are and however you are celebrating. Uh, if you want, share the beer below that either you shared with your spouse or that you shared with yourself on yeah. on Valentine's Day. And however however you celebrate, we would love to we'd love to see what you drank or or, or whatever that might be. Or look us up on Untapped. I'm sure. Dolan and or uh, John will put that below our untapped handles on there. So you could join us on untapped for our beer journeys along the way. Cause we, we drink some fun beers even outside of, of what we do right here. Yeah. Su surprisingly, we, we all seem to drink beers off air. So yeah. check, check that out and, and see where we're at, I guess. That's, there's a, there's a couple that of them that I skip just because maybe I don't want everybody knowing how much. <laughs> But <laughs> um, yeah, and even if you're not celebrating uh, Valentine's Day and, and you're alone, go check out that Spotify playlist. And, and as REM says, everybody hurts, right? That's right. <laughs> Best thing to do is wallow in it. That's what I think. Just Thank wallow you. in the sadness. Well, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing. <laughs>